Welcome to Hustle Class. It's your boy Jermaine. You know, back at it again. You know, I've been gone for a while, but I'm back, baby, with another one. Um, so yeah, what's new in my life? Nothing really. I'm still getting acc- acclimated to the new crib, the new space, the new area, neighborhood, environment. Um, still lots of clutter to go through in terms of my life itself, and then. You know, the crib, I'm looking at my floors right now, I got stuff all over the floor, um, you know, stuff all around the kitchen and the dining area, just stuff that I have to handle, stuff that I have to deal with, so, you know, I'm going to handle that. Um, but yeah, in today's episode, I'm kind of just going to keep going over some of the stuff I've already been going through, um, just, you know, some some stuff about what has been going on in the market, um, words of advice, um, for anybody who's looking to get their hustle on, um, I think next week is when I'll finally be more settled and be able to come back with like, you know, concrete content, um, delivering it in a very, very informative matter. Um, but today I'm just going to kind of kick it with you, with you all. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about, right, is the fact that sometimes it is okay to take things slow. Um, you know, I want to say the month of June was very busy for me, um, both stock related and work related and uh, life related because, I, you know, I moved into a new space and moved out of an old space. Right. So, um, you know, lots have been going on in June and I found myself um, in a state where there had certain goals I wanted to achieve in the month of June that I didn't actually end up achieving. And so, you know, sometimes you can beat yourself up about those things, right? Especially when you consider yourself like a hustler or you're out here trying to get it or just trying to make something out of nothing, basically, right? But the eagerness to do, to act, to be able to accomplish something in a timely manner or to work towards something to accomplish. Um, And that's something that I've struggled with in the month of June, um, particularly because of moving and everything that uh, has, has associated itself with that. Um, you know, also rekindling, you know, relationships with certain people and having interaction with family and whatnot um, definitely plays a role in, you know, energy shifting. You know, I've had to interact with my parents and my siblings and, you know, um, other people. So, you know, and when you when you kind of get sometimes get pigeonholed in this, OK, it's me, it's, it's me, myself and I against the world in your in your grind or in your hustle. You know, what I'm saying when you have to, you know, get back to the real world and, you know. Uh, interact with the people that you care about and things of that nature. Um, you know what I'm saying? It can take a, it can wear on you just because, you know, that's energy. Um, you know, same with, you know, friends or like, you know, group FaceTime calls and whatnot. Those are things that wear on you. So when you engage in those, um, you know what I'm saying? It takes energy. So, I mean, in my move out, in my move in process, I had a lot of shopping, sleeping, shopping, sleeping, setting up furniture, sleeping, setting up stuff, sleeping, groceries, sleep cook like it was just very like you know setting up the setting up the whole whole space so with that being said um I wasn't I had certain goals that I wasn't able to meet um especially with like stock related stuff like I literally dropped stock I think I just got back into stocks in terms of options trading because I always have my long-term investments right but trading options I just got back into that I think last week um, end of last week which I kind of talked about last week um with the, some of the plays I made um I think I was talking about Twitter and something else, um, but yeah, I made some plays last week, and so, you know, I had to, 
take my mind off of those things to focus my energy elsewhere. And like I said, you can beat yourself up about stuff like that. Um, but you know, I, I told myself that it's, sometimes it's okay to take things slow. And that's the first thing I wanted to just get off my chest. Like sometimes it really is okay to just take things slow. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes like the word hustle, um, has a certain sense of urgency and haste, right? Hustle, like you got to get it now, right? Now's the time. Um, and you got to get it hard, right? So with that being said, sometimes, you know, we do have to dial it back, right? To, to, to re rebuild or refresh ourselves, you know, regain certain energy that we might've lost burning so much steam, trying to accomplish the things that we wanted to accomplish. Um, so I just wanted to let, you know, people know that you can still be a hustler or be out here trying to make something for yourself and take breaks. There's the, you know, the, the no days off, you know, slang, but I mean, I mean, just look at any, any machine that runs, like even, you know, we sleep, for example, like just look at anything that runs, there needs to be time for rest and refreshing and restoration and things of that nature. Um, so it's okay to take things slow sometimes. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm back into stocks, you know, this last week and this week has been kind of slow, but I'm, I'm back in nonetheless. And so, um, my, I guess my add on to that is it's okay to get, um, you know, it's okay to, um, take things slow, but don't get too comfortable. Um, sometimes when you get comfortable, right, you can get complacent where you just kind of are there and, you know everything is good, you're content, and you can say, you know what, I don't have to accomplish the things I wanted to accomplish because things are all right right now. You know, sometimes there are things in life where the the, the, itch, is, the itch is too annoying and you just got to scratch it. And there are other things in life that can be suppressed, you know, if you just don't think about it too much, if you focus your mind on other things, which is what I was doing. I was like, you know what, I really need to brush up on my stock knowledge and, you know, because I, I, I'm getting into like technical analysis, right? So I need to, you know, the the Greeks, you know, Fibonacci, like certain things like that. If you get into, you know, the nitty gritty of options, those are stuff that you can kind of um can kind of help you better make a decision when it, when it involves options trading and the stock market in general. Um, things that I haven't gotten into because you know the excuses. Oh, you know, I'm 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 a little tired. I I did a lot of moving today. Um, I cooked a big meal today. I had some work stuff to do. I need a break, uh, things of that nature. So I've been um, ducking it. But sometimes when you get comfortable like that, you know what I'm saying? There's still a goal that I have for myself that I'm not achieving by me sitting down and saying, you know, I'm just going to take it cool. So, you know, there's a poem that we have in uh, my fraternity Alpha Phi Alpha, um, you know, don't quit. And, you know, one of the things that it always says is rest if you must, but don't you quit. Um, that's one of the most powerful lines in the poem. And so, yes. You know, take things slow if you have to, but don't get too comfortable. All right. So I know I took a while for that, but that was the first seven minutes of the show. Um, now I'm going to kind of get into some of the some of the runs I've seen um, and sort of the rallies like um, this week, like Amazon did incredibly well. Um, you know, it it always sucks when you think, you know, a, a run is happening. Right. And you there's this thing called FOMO, right, where. You basically see things going well in a certain direction and without any research or any knowledge, you see things going well. You just kind of put your money in it because you're like, I want a piece of the pie. And usually you end up getting there too late. And by the time you're trying to get a piece of the pie, everything is tanking. Right. So I looked at um, I looked at Amazon and I was like, yeah, it's eh, this week. It's doing well, but, you know, it's going to slow down, fam. 
Amazon didn't slow down one bit. Went up in the last week. It's up almost $300. Like, that's crazy. It's up literally like 10% in the last week, meaning I could have made money on Amazon every day this week if that's all I focused on, right? Um, so sometimes it's it's not a FOMO issue or like chasing uh, chasing a trend issue. It's just, you know, you have to do your research. And you see, this is a similar situation to when you get too comfortable. Like I was comfortable and kind of like, you know, relaxing, chilling. So when I came, whenever you come back to something like, you know, the stock market, you kind of have to re-educate yourself on what's going on. You know, because every, every day there's new information. Every day something's changing. Every day something's going up and every day something's going down, right? So it's good to kind of have that education um, handy and ready in terms of just market knowledge, what's going on in the markets. So, you know, I always make sure I'm getting updates from whether it's my the discords I'm in or the group me's I'm in or other group chats I may be in involving the market, right? So I can just stay abreast with everything and not literally have to like sort through articles, right? Because other people, you know, if you have a network of other people finding out that information, it just naturally feed like funnels to you. Think of it, think of all your stock like group chats and everything kind of like a Twitter feed. If I want to know what's going on in the world or in my community, I just go to Twitter and look at the people I follow and what they're talking about. And it kind of gives me a general knowledge of what's really going on. And you can also look at like trending topics, things of that nature, right? So um, that's kind of how I look at my discords and my group chats, just kind of to keep me aware and abreast of everything going on relating to the stock market. Um, but yeah, I didn't have the best um, luck getting back into the game. So I didn't touch Amazon. Plus, um, you know, when you do options trading, there's something called a premium, right? And so that's how much you pay for that bet or what people like to call a coupon, right, in terms of options. And sometimes, you know, for expensive stock like Amazon, which rally a lot, like, I mean, 300 in a week is a lot of money. Like, you know, a lot of companies I own stock in haven't gone up that much ever. And Amazon did it in a week, right? So there's lots of movement there. So when there's lots of movement like that, sometimes those premiums, right, prices can be excessively expensive um to the point where you know you just feel like your money's better off in your pocket than making a wild bet just because you have to go far out of the money to make your bet real because let's be realistic i don't have a thousand dollars to drop on amazon but i might have like 50 right but for me to drop 50 on a bet on amazon i might have to bet that amazon gets to like let's say a random number let's say like amazon's at like thirty three hundred dollars right now right let's say i have to bet um, you know, that Amazon's going to hit $5,000 in like two weeks. And that's the only way I can like participate in the rally in, in terms of options because of how much I've budgeted that I'm going to put into options. You know, that's just sometimes people don't want to take that much of a risk because it might just be unrealistic. When you're that, when you make a bet that far out the money, all Amazon has to do is tank, you know, one day, like by $50 or like by 30 Right. Not that much in the grand scheme of the run. Right. For the week. Right. Because if you if you if it ran for th like if it ran, um, you know, three hundred dollars up and it loses thirty dollars off that steam, that's not too bad. But your option premium might not look at it that way. It might go, just tank. It might just go straight to zero or it might hit your stop loss, which is like, OK, I bought it for fifty dollars when the value is at like forty dollars or thirty five dollars. I'm just going to sell it because I don't want to lose any more money than that. Right. That's a stop loss. Because part of stocks is, you know, taking profits, right, when you see them. So making money, right? But another part of it is when you see an L, take that, you know, to the chin. Just take your money out, sell it for a loss so that you can prevent how much you're losing, right? Because in the grand scheme, if you lose less, you're kind of making more, right? You're keeping more of your money, basically. Um, 
yeah, so Amazon had a great rally this week. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm wishing I got into it, but you know, sadly I didn't. And um, but you know, it's it's still it's still doing its thing. So you know, um, you know, monitor it. And another one that did exceptionally well this week was Tesla. Another one that almost went $300 positive this week, right? Um, and Tesla's at $1,500 now. I remember during COVID when people were like, oh, Tesla's going to like, it's going to tank. I mean, it literally went to almost like $350. It probably did during the whole like, you know, like maybe like mid-March, right? And then it ended up skyrocketing and rallying up to $1,500 in, you know, in a couple months. And that's excellent. Um, you know, because, you know, people thought Tesla wouldn't break a thousand and then it broke a thousand and it's been rallying ever since. I mean, I see Tesla hitting 2000. Um, I don't know how soon, but if all else, you know, if everything stays well, um, you know, things, that's how things will go. Um, yeah. So Tesla's doing exceptionally well this week. I did also notice that, um, the market's still kind of like the S and P kind of did what it's been doing where, um, it doesn't go too high or too low. So if anybody's making bets on the market itself, like the S&P or like SPY, um, it's kind of they're, they're kind of getting, you know, um, you know, time, time expired out um, of their plays because it's kind of not hitting their goal of what their option premium is going to be. But theta, which is something to do with um, how much time decay um, kind of plays a role in the price of your option premium. Right. Um, you know, that's kind of been an issue with a lot of things involving spy. So I stopped making spy plays, um, honestly. I'm just focused on, you know, stocks that are, you know, recession proof to say the least. Um Yeah. And um so that's that on Amazon and Tesla, which had good runs. Um you know, like I was saying, I think last week, I don't remember if I mentioned this, but I like focusing on sleepers these days, right? Sleepers is what I like to call stuff that move, but nobody talks about really. They might talk about it for a day, like, oh, it rallied this day. But, you know, sometimes it's the steady movers. Like if something moves ten up $10 a week and nobody's talking about it because it's not really like in a day, it only moves up a dollar or two, you know what I'm saying? But that's like doing excessively well. If the theta matches a good, you know, a good number you can kind of make that a consistent play where you can make consistent gains right um a lot of us like to chase what's hot what's popping we want to see that 300 percent gain like a lot of people are seeing in like netflix and costco right now we're gonna see that 300 percent, that 500 percent gain but sometimes it's those like 10 percents it's those 15 percents right you know what i'm saying because if you put it in perspective like you think 10 percent and 15 percent isn't that much of a gain like weekly um, but I think uh, my one of my cousins put it in a, in a really good way. He said if you had 10K invested a week and you made like 10% of that, right, that's like 1000 a week. Like that's a lot of money. Like it's it's 10%, right? Some people, like I said, people are out here chasing big plays like 200%, 100%, thousands, thousands of percent, right? That, that's the plays that a lot of people are chasing when it's like, fam, if you really like just kind of take your time with it, over time, you can really become a trader who's, like, making thousands a week, right? Maybe even thousands a day. But Warren Buffett said it. Um, a lot of people don't like getting rich slow. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm navigating that myself. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping that I figured that out. But the sleepers I had um, were Twitter. Uh, I made some money on Twitter this week. Um, I think they had fake news. Or I don't know if it was fake, right? But Twitter had some news, right, or some hype built around, t- around Twitter uh, bringing up subscription services 
I don't know what that looks like. I don't know anything about it, but you know, my new strategy has kind of been doing these like overnight plays where I'm trying to get the gap ups in the morning to be able to sell um, at a profit almost immediately. Like I buy the stock after 3 p.m. I sell it by like 10 a.m., 11 a.m., right? So that's kind of what I like to do these days. Um, and Twitter just treated me right last weekend this week. Uh, so I made 200 on Twitter. Um, right now I'm in Twitter overnight again, heavy and well, not as heavy as I was before. So I'm not losing as much as I've made. Right. Um, but I'm still in it a good amount, but I've been monitoring it and I've, I've, I've hit below my stop loss, but I'm keeping it just because, you know, sometimes, like I said, with the, what the spy is doing right now, it's kind of like rising and falling within a certain range. Um, I feel like since Twitter hit some, you know, um, uh, what like some highs last week, it broke some like uh, some resistance levels. I want I wanted to stay in it just because I, I had a little bit of faith. I did pay a little too much for my premium though, and I think that's why I'm feeling the effects. Cause like I said, I had made money on Twitter and then I got back into it just because I thought that it would keep rallying. But I think news came out that the subscription service was not what everybody thought it was gonna be, and then the price dropped a little bit. And that's cool. Another thing I'm I'm in over the weekend is a uh, SPCE um, space, um, and that's another one that I've that I'm in. It's not it's not a sleeper. I've moved past sleepers now. The sleeper was Twitter, pretty much. I made good money on Twitter um, this past week. But the one one I'm in um, over this weekend is SPCE. Um, it's been going up and down. It did hit. It did break a resistance point. Um, so it went up, and but sadly that resistance point didn't turn into support so it shot back down and now it's trying to rally back up um honestly if by monday or tuesday things aren't looking good for those plays i have time with them i like to get plays that are kind of a little further out in time so i'll sell them and you know get you know my some of my money back right um not all of it but some of it back so i can make another play right and then i, I do like um so for people who, who want to just invest like consistently i just do like 50 dollars a week into my Robinhood account, right? I have other expenses right now, so I just, I stick to 50 because the main thing about the whole stock game is I'm really in it for the knowledge. Like, there's gonna come a point in time where I can really play with, you know, heavy money. But right now, it's not about playing with heavy money and making big moves. It's about kind of just understanding how things work. Like, oh, if I put this here and I keep it here for this long, what's the result I'm gonna get? And if I do this research and, you know, or if earnings is coming up this week for this company, how did they do pre-earnings, post-earnings the last time? Just kind of, I'm, I'm learning as I'm going along, right? So one, so one thing I'm actually going to do um, probably by tonight or tomorrow or Sunday is actually I'm going to um, come up with my strategy, right? So I don't really have a strategy. I have like a, an implicit strategy, but I'm going to write down an explicit strategy for stocks that I will implement and use. Um, you know, I've been kind of understanding, okay, what's a good stop loss for me or what, what what do things usually bounce um you know when do they usually bounce back like how low does it get cuz i've had a situation before where um for example um tesla um i was in tesla right like last week and my stop loss was hit so i took my money out but like literally like 10 minutes or 15 minutes after my stop loss hit it started rallying like crazy up and like you like you see tesla's up like $300 so that that money that i put into tesla right and i took out Right. I took it out at a loss of like maybe 25 to 30 percent. Right. I probably would have been up right now 500 to 600 percent because I was way out of the money. And so when you're out of the money, your money compounds more when it's winning. Right. Because it, it just um, that's just how options work. Um, so, yeah, I would have made like 
I don't know how much that would have been, but I think I was maybe like $90 in a Tesla. And I strongly believe I could have turned that 90 into at least 500 at least. So, um, you know, with that being said, it's just, you know, I need, to, I, I evaluated that. I was like, okay, I need to set a greater stop loss. Right. And then I did that with like Twitter. And right now I'm taking an L, a slight L. So I'm like, okay, if 25% is not doing it and 50% is a little too much, let me try to find. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to implicitly figure out some of my own strategies just by playing with some of the money I have. Right. After that, I'll be able to explicitly write it down and I'll stick to that plan. Whether I miss out on a play or I do good on a play, I'm going to stick to that plan. That's one thing about having a plan. You want to just stick to it and execute because if, if you've researched enough for that plan, right, and you kind of are getting in the cycle of using it, you're going to more more or less become, you know, skilled at that plan and you're just going to be an executor. Like, it's, it's one thing if you have a terrible plan, you execute it, things are not going to go well. But if you have a good plan, right, my plan is based on experience, it's based on knowledge, I would definitely have it reviewed by some of my peers who are doing stocks as well or who are like excelling in it. Right. So I'll, I'll have that peer review, see what some of them think about my decision making. Right. Take that knowledge and apply it to what my plan or, or principles will be. And then I'll kind of have less to worry about because it will just be like clockwork. Like, oh, when it hits this price, I know I'm doing this. Oh, when it hits this, I know. Oh, when I see this play and it's the premium is this price, I'm doing this. I'll just have a strategy. So if anything doesn't follow my strategy, it's not even in my head. It's not even in my mind. Because, right, a lot of what people say is sometimes, like, technical paralysis. And I think it translates past just, you know, understanding, like, um, SMAs, like, moving averages and, you know, strength indicators and things of that nature, right? Or, you know, things like that. I think that um, a lot of it can also be, you know, you have you have a watch list that's 20 companies and you want to trade them all tomorrow, but you only have, like, $200. How are you going to trade 20 companies, $200, and focus on all of them and all the news that comes in for all of them and all the timing for selling each of them? You have to kind of narrow your focus on not only the stocks you do, but kind of like your strategy. You can't do everything. You can't use everything. You have to just come up with a strategy and get in a cycle of using that, right? So that's one of my goals, um, you know, moving, coming up. Um, one thing that I want to touch on, I guess, is um, positive COVID vaccine news. Um, you know, a lot of companies are, uh, a lot of the pharmaceutical companies who have been working with COVID stuff are finding themselves in situations where a lot of um, countries and things of that nature are requiring, are, you know, are, are, are basically trying to pay for their efforts. Like, oh, when you guys come up with the vaccine or whatever, we want this much this this many resources towards us and we'll pay you this much so whenever good news like that for these pharmaceutical companies come in i'm gonna definitely boost their stock from what i've seen so far it doesn't really boost it long term so the only way you could really make good money on it in my opinion right is day trading that um so you know you you, you might see a, a rally um getting it early if you're late you're late if you if you see it, oh it just started getting that if you have a day trade, beautiful, I would say sell it, sell it by the end of the day, right? Just to be safe. I mean, who knows, right? The next day you wake up could be, dang, I missed out. The next day you wake up could be, dang, why didn't I sell it? And, you know, I'd rather just have to, I'd rather always be in situations where I'm like, dang, I missed the rally. Dang, I missed the rally. Dang, I missed the rally. In a positive note, because I did make some money, right? I just didn't make as much as I could have. Then to be in a situation where I'm always losing. Like, dang, I should have taken my money. Dang, I should have taken my money. That's the worst. You know what I'm saying? Because when you when you never saw the glory, it's more or less like, oh, well, next time I'll be smarter and I can get that. 
But when you've seen the glory, when you've seen your, when you've seen something go up to 100% and you kept it and you see it go negative, that hurts. Cause it's like, wow, I lost my, I, I had made all this money. I lost that. And I lost some off of my principle that I even put into it. That's the last situation I want to be in. Right. And I've been in that situation before and it's not pleasant at all. Right. Um, and like like I was kind of saying, like one of my focuses now is gonna kind of be like those plays that weather the storm. Like um, some of the things I'm I'm looking at is like Roku. Um, Roku's been doing ex- exceptionally well in this time, right? Roku's been doing exceptionally well. Um, Netflix has had a crazy day. Um, like Friday was crazy for Netflix. Netflix is up fifty dollars, well forty dollars today, right? And up you know seventy in the last week. 115 in the last month like that's excellent for netflix right and i don't see i don't see netflix slowing down because what we can tell about netflix and roku is that um all covid did was enhance enhance what they're already doing right it's not like people people were already moving towards that and covid gave it an extra push but once things go back to normal i mean i don't think i'm gonna just like stop my netflix subscription right I'm still going to be going there for my content. Same with like Roku. People are still going to be using it afterwards. So it's the boost they're feeling they're having now. I don't think is going to like, you know, backtrack. I don't think it's fluke. Like for example, what what an example of something that's fluke, right? That I would call fluke, which is just like, you know, it's a facade, right? Would be like um like the vaccine stuff, right? Because it's like once COVID passes, nobody's going to be looking for a COVID vaccine stock to invest in anymore. Right. So it's a facade right now. Like Moderna is doing excellent. Like, you know, what I'm saying AZN, you know, Guild. Excellent. Right. But as soon as there's no COVID, it's kind of like what happens to that pharmaceutical. Right. What are they going to shift their focus to? Right. Because that's what we rely on them for. Right. But when you have plays like Zoom, right, Netflix, Roku, they have not taken their foot off the gas since before COVID. Right. So that's why I'm looking at them like, oh, OK, bet Amazon, Tesla. Also companies that, you know, I would say Tesla probably not on that list, but Amazon, right? Another company that when COVID came, well, now people are even like, people are getting everything online, right? It just emphasized that the, the, put their foot on the gas for them. So um, those are the type of plays that I'm looking for because I was playing with the markets. Like I said, the SPY, right? Um, VXX, which is kind of like a SPY inverse, but it's like it, it moves really quickly if there's uncertainty with the SPY. And then TLT, because, you know, I love when TLT snitches on the market. Like, TLT will show signs of um, the SPY going down, like, before it really tanks sometimes, right? Or the general state of the market, right? The S&P 500, um, basically. So, yeah, I was doing that stuff, but it was unsuccessful because, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, I would say big companies or big investment groups are kind of, you know, limiting the Robin Hood investors, if you will, kind of keeping us in this bubble. You know, spy might spy might be between three hundred and ten and two ninety and not go above or below that threshold, right? But a lot of people like me might have puts below two ninety or might have um calls above three ten. And it's and, and theta's just killing it. Like the time decay is just killing it because it's not ever heading in the right direction for your play or it's staying in a consistent area where it's just not affecting the premium of your options just your premium is just decreasing in value um so you know i I started focusing on those um what i call like you know um steady movers that weather the storm um and before i go i think the one thing i want to just give everybody knowledge on i mean you already know i say it regularly but I mean, Apple is still undervalued. Like when you look at how Tesla's running, how Amazon's running, what Google looks like, 
and you know, at, bro, we all have iPhones. A lot of people have Macs. You know what I'm saying? And you know, now AirPods. It's just like, why is Apple so cheap? Why? I don't know. But I do see Apple rallying. You know what? Let me let me even take a quick glance at how Apple's doing in the market because it's just like. You know, and I just got Apple for the first time because I don't really have, I I dedicate a lot of my funds towards, um, you know, options. And, you know, I do, I do long term, but now that Robinhood has brought fractional shares, I've I've gotten my fractional share of Apple or fractional shares of Apple, right? But Apple, yeah, Apple's up $15 in the last week, $35 in the last month, $115 in the last three months, right? And I still think Apple is like less than half the price it should be. I think Apple should be right there with Amazon, maybe, maybe a little less, because Amazon does a lot more, if you know what I mean, in terms of, like, you know, they, they, it just seems like they do a lot, Um, I'm not saying that Apple doesn't do a lot, but, you know what I'm saying, in terms of, like, the packaging and delivery and all that stuff, like, that's a whole nother realm, like, not to mention, like, being a, a store and a, and a seller of many things, right, Apple just sells, like, iPhones and Apple stuff, right, Amazon sells, Apple stuff and iPhones and a whole lot of other stuff, right? That's what I kind of mean by they just do a lot. Um, but yeah, I think Apple's highly undervalued. So if you're looking at buying a stock, I mean, um, this guy listened to Wall Street Trapper. You can check him out on IG, Instagram, or just look up his look him up on Google or YouTube. Wall Street Trapper. One thing he said that has always stuck with me is, you know, when you're looking to buy a stock in a company, look at the business of the company and don't really look at the price of the stock. Right, because if you if you believe in the business of the company, whatever price you buy the stock at, it's gonna go past that, right? Because you really research the business and you know what the company's actually worth. That's why I say like Apple's Apple's worth so much more than it costs, like honestly. And it might just it might it might be one of those things that just eventually spikes up, like like the the type of things we've been seeing with like Netflix and like Tesla and Amazon in the last like week. I don't think it's far fetched for that to happen to Apple, where Apple just kind of just like skyrockets you know out of nowhere literally so um i would i would stay 10 toes with apple um yeah i don't i don't really have anything in particular i'm looking at next week um like i said just kind of taking things slow right now but next week hopefully i have better content in terms of like um something that's more like i said informative or tangible things that you can actively do to benefit yourself in a hustle manner um this is longer than i expected 30 minutes well spent Um, I will talk to you all later. Have a great week and weekend. Peace.